Rosh Chodesh, Aleph Iyar, Tafshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shekara, 
Gaon <clears throat> with um, the newer version, the newest version, I should say, of the song Eretz Tzvi. It was redone, as uh, we've mentioned many times on this show, it was redone to add stanzas at the end in memory of Roe Klein. The song initially was in memory of Yoni Netanyahu, and this is how we start off. Today's live edition of the Israel Show, as we make our way toward Israel Memorial Day, when we remember the fallen soldiers and those who were killed also in terrorist attacks. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for joining us. i uh, been away. I was in Israel for a few weeks. Took uh, two groups for Pesach, very successful groups, large group annual group led by Rabbi Haskell Lukstein from KJ in uh, Manhattan, Upper East Side. Spectacular, spectacular. And uh, a group as well from the Spanish-Portuguese synagogue, also known as Congregation She'erit Israel, led by Rabbi Meir Soloveitchik. Just, uh, what can I say? It, it, it's, it's a working Pesach, but it's the best way to spend Pesach. <laughs> It's just great to be in Israel, and it's great to see so many people um, who are with you and uh, who are with Israel. There was the, the hotels in Israel were rather empty during Pesach, especially in Yerushalayim, and um, that was not the greatest atmosphere, but it was wonderful when people heard about the, um, the arrival of the groups. Uh, the Israel Show is back. Great to be back on uh, live Broadcast. We're here each and every Monday immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. And uh, we are devoting the music segments and the, or, and the, uh, the spoken segments to Yom HaZikaron mainly. A little bit about Yom HaShoah as well, which just um, concluded from last week. And um, the next song... So here's what, when I say we're dedicating the songs, let me explain. Basically, every song was written either in, in either by a person who was killed in battle or in memory of somebody who was killed in battle. And there are more and more such songs put out every year. There's a project called Shir Vizikaron, which is a collaboration of Reshet Gimel of Kol Yisrael, Ynet, the website, um, Yad Labanim, which is an organization that um, specializes in the memorialization of the fallen soldiers, and a company called Linktone, which is a, a wonderful company that helps provide us with the music that we play for you all the time, and especially the new stuff that comes out. Uh, so they get together 
and produce every year an album. They get writers, composers, performers, producers, together with the families of the fallen. And their idea is to memorialize the, the fallen loved ones through music and to present to the public a variety of new music which helps us focus on the memory of those who fell. Uh, three songs from this year, now just released, literally just released. One of them was just released this morning. From this year's collection, we're going to play three songs a little later during the show. One from Yishai Ribo, one from Sarit Haddad, which is very interesting. It's a remake of the famous Balada La Chovesh, and a new song from uh, Kobe Aflalo. That is the Tafshin Ayin Vav editions, and we have ones from previous years as well. The uh, the one coming up is uh, called Zichu Otis Sameach. Remember me, remember me happy when you remember me. Is the plea of the soldier that that died in in combat. His name was Daniel Pomerantz. The song is in his memory. Zichu Otis Sameach is sung by Or Cohen and Hani Dinor. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh, 
Remember me, I'm no longer with you, but remember me happy. Zichru Oti Sameach, in memory of fallen soldier Daniel Pomerantz. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Digital Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up very soon, we're going to... Um, I learned so much. I learned so much preparing for this show. It is, it's amazing. And um, <clears throat> as I was working on the Yom HaZikaron, Yom HaShoah, Yom HaTzmod, I came across some information about the history, the, 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 the sources, how it began, the germination, I guess you would say, of these days. And I discovered something really fascinating that I never knew, and I, I'm going to share it with you. Maybe some of the listeners know it already, Then I'm going to share it with you coming up. First, I want to read to you something that really relates to Yom HaShoah. Um, this was uh, published last week in the Algemeiner Journal online. The Algemeiner, it's called. The Algemeiner online, A-L-G-E-M-E-I-N-E-R. They have a daily bulletin from Israel, Israel News, as many other websites. Then there's a lot of interesting stuff, and they claim that this is an exclusive, that this is something that um, they uh, got their hands on. It's um, it's a story about one particular incident that took place in the Warsaw Ghetto during the Warsaw Ghetto uprising. Now, the Warsaw Ghetto uprising took place around Pesach time. Um, that is why Yom HaShoah was declared in Israel to be Chavzai Nisan because it was after Pesach couldn't do it on Pesach obviously and it and, and it fit in with uh, certain events of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising so what happened there was as many of you know a group actually there were two groups of young men and women decided that they, they knew they had no chance to fight the Nazis as they were in the Warsaw Ghetto. They didn't really have arms. They, I mean, they were up against the, the, the largest army uh, in Europe at the time. But they also decided that they were going to stand up. They wanted t- to make a statement. You're not just going to take us, drag us out of here and put us into gas chambers. And their headquarters was on Mila Street, number 18, Mila 18. Later, a novel written by Leon Uris about this. But they had other places where they were, like hiding places where they would get together and use it as a base to shoot at the Nazis or to throw hand, hand grenades or whatever type of homemade weaponry they had 
So the story, which they say comes from, or was found after the fall of the Iron Curtain, was found in um, communist archives, goes as follows. A group of Jewish boys blockaded themselves in a building inside the ghetto. Group of Jewish boys meaning the ghetto, the Warsaw Ghetto uprising members, soldiers, and were shooting at the Nazis walking past. One of the ways the Nazis would enter these buildings of the ghetto was by using a human shield, a Jew. They would take a Jew, put him in front of them, then go to a, a door and say, let us in. And the Jews knew that if they would shoot, they, they would be killing another Jew. They suddenly heard a knock on the door. Sitting quietly, the boys heard the sweet voice of an elderly Jewish man calmly calling out to them in beautiful, poetic Yiddish. Quote, My children, the time has come. I am knocking on this door, asking for safe passage. Alas, behind me stand a group of Amalek. Shoot me. And then kill them. Better I die by the bullet of Jewish heroes than by the bullet of the evil. End quote. The young man did just that. And by giving his life, the old pious Jew saved those Jewish fighters, allowing them to live another day. According to researchers, the story is perhaps one of the most harrowing accounts that they have uncovered. I, I would imagine there are more harrowing accounts, but it definitely is emotional and leaves us with a lot to ponder. The song Balada La Chovesh coming up, brand new, just released today. It's a remake of the classic song which to me symbolizes the Six-Day War and um, the battle that took place at Ammunition Hill, Givat And it's a ballad, a story of a medic, of a chovesh, that is tending to a wounded soldier and giving him chizuk, but ultimately the chovesh himself is killed. The song was originally sung, I believe, by Yahuram Gaon, if I'm not mistaken, a real classic of Israeli music, and was re-released in honor of Yom Hazikaron by Sarit Chadad as part of the project that we spoke about before, Shir Vizikaron, and we're debuting it here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Wow. Actually, I was hearing it for the first time with you, dear listeners. The song was released today, and I um, was able to uh, get the, uh, the MP3. And it, it's been a long time since I heard this song, and it, it's so powerful. Goosebumps mixed with tears. So I'll tell you a little bit about the song. I misspoke before. 
I told you it had to do with uh, the Battle of Ammunition Hill. No, it turns out that there is another song about the Battle of Ammunition Hill, which came out at the same time, and I confused the two. No, the Ballad de la Chovesh was written by Don Almagor in 1956, the words. <clears throat> it was uh, put to music by Effie Netzer in 1968. And it won the 1969 Israeli Musical song, Music Song Festival. And sung, as we mentioned, by Yehoram Gaon, is considered one of the best songs that Yehoram Gaon has put out. In fact, when they had a... Um, over the years, they had a uh, Yehoram Gaon festival, and they asked people to vote on the best songs. This song came out, came in first, uh, twice, three times, <laughs> 1999, 2010, and, t- and 2004, and various places. What's interesting, what I didn't know, was the song. Again, so it was released after the Six Day War, and many at a time when. Many families had just lost children in the army <clears throat> during the war. Number of families that just found it very difficult to hear the song, especially families whose children were medics and who were killed in a similar way. And they asked that the song not be broadcast, and in fact, for many years in Israel, this song was only played on the radio on Memorial Day. Wow. Hmm. Not surprising, it is such a powerful song. As we promised you, we are going to look a little bit into the history of Yom Hazikaron. It's not just, this isn't just about giving you the story. This, there's something here that is just really, in, I don't know, it's fascinating. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm going to share it with you and, and you can... You can chime in, you can, you can send us an uh, email, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com, or on our Facebook page, you can comment, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. So, when was the first Yom HaZikaron? It actually predates the state of Israel, the idea, the concept that we should set aside a day in which we remember those who were killed in battle or, or um, killed by the enemy, that idea came up in 1940, eight years before the State of Israel was created. And the reason that they wanted to have such a day was to memorialize the victims of what the, uh, what the British called the Great Arab Revolt, what the Jews called Me'orot Tartsav, Tafresh Tadivav, 1936, this was a, um, I, I, it's, it's sort of like in today's world we would call it, that was the second intifada, you know, there was in the 20s, and then during this three-year period, the Arabs realizing that the uh, more and more Jews were coming to Israel, and they were successful in advancing the country and the land, the agriculture, the manufacturing, the economy, they started getting afraid. And what did they do? They, they had to have their way. They had to get rid of the Jews. And the way to do it was to revolt. Terrorism. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. Let's have a wave of angry terrorism. And that's what they did. Between 1936 and 1939, hundreds of Jews were killed. When it was finally over... Oh, by the way, what did the British do? They capitulated. <laughs> nothing's changed. Really, nothing's changed. Um... 
when it was over, the Yishuv decided to have a day to uh, memorialize the fallen. And uh, I have here, and I'm going to try and post it later on onto the Facebook page. I have here from the Davar, which was the uh, newspaper of Poale Eretz Israel, the socialist newspaper, but it was the socialists who were in power at the time, before the state of Israel, but they were the majority in the Vadalumi, the the sort of government of the yet not yet state of Israel. Yom Hashanah Limeoraot Tafresh Tzadivav, right? The anniversary of the of the of this rampage of three year rampage that began in Tafresh Tzadivav. Shimi Paat Nisan Chodesh Hageulah Nitchal Edali Diyar Yom Zikaron Uguvurahu LiYishuv Ha'ivri Ba'aretz. So here's what happened. Their initial idea was to have this day on the the anniversary of when these terror attacks began, and that was Chaf Zayin Nisan, Tafresh Tzadivav, when it began. So they wanted to set Chaf Zayin Nisan as the date of memorializing, a memorial day. But the rabbis of the time explained to them that Nisan is Chodesh HaGeulah, and we usually try not to have memorials, kalmales, so to speak, during that month. We don't make hespedim and so forth. So, in 1940, the Yeshuv decided that they're going to delay Memorial Day by a week. And instead of having it on Chav Zayin Nisan, they're going to have it on Dalid Iyar. Okay. We celebrate Memorial Day on Dalit Iyar. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they celebrated Memorial Day on Dalit Iyar because from 1940 until Memorial Day was set in Israel, 1951, 11 years passed, during which a lot happened. But there was no carryover of that Dalit Iyar date. So how did it come about that in Israel they officially celebrate Yom Azikaron on Dalit Iyar, Yom Atzmodan, Hei one after the other. We remember the fallen and we know that it's in their merit that we had the state day after day. Well, in 1949, 1949 May, Iyar was the first anniversary of the State of Israel. The War of Independence had just ended not long before that. And Yom Atzmaut was a day of celebration, but also a day of mourning. There was no Memorial Day. And on Yom Atzmaut, the, 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 the leadership said on Yom Atzmaut, those who have lost loved ones should go to the cemetery in the morning and celebrate in the afternoon. And it was so awkward and people found it emotionally challenging to do that. Same thing happened the second anniversary, 1950. But the people decided that this isn't good. They have to have a separate day for mourning and a separate day for celebration. So the government put together a committee and charged them with finding an appropriate day on the Jewish calendar for Memorial Day to remember the fallen soldiers. Well, the committee sat and said, this is so Israeli now. This is just so Israeli. As serious as it is. They sat and sat and sat and couldn't come up with a date that they all agreed upon. Now, Yom Asmot was getting closer and closer, and they had to come up with something. And finally, 
as they couldn't reach a decision, they couldn't reach a conclusion, it was said, you know what, we'll just do the day before your Matzmod. And what day does that Daladiyar? That same day that 11 years before was used to remember the victims of that intifada, the pre-state intifada, which started on Hafzayin Nisan, but was pushed off for to, a week for Dal, to Dalad Yar because they didn't want to have mourning during Nisan. And it, you, you got to find it interesting that that date, Hafzayin Nisan, ultimately became Yom HaShoah. And that was because of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. The government at the time, led by Ben-Gurion, wanted... I don't think they understood totally the effect of the Holocaust. It was before Eichmann was captured. And they wanted to celebrate the spirit of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. The spirit of the rebellious, socialist, young men and women. And that's why it's called Yom HaShoah, Yom HaShoah VeHagvura. The day to remember the Shoah, but also the bravery, the Gvura. As if that was the only form of Gvura. As if it's not Gvura to Davin in the concentration camp. As if it's not Gvura to fast on Yom Kippur in a concentration camp while you're working. While you're being forced to work. There's so much Gvura of one saving another. But in the mind of the uh, early governmental heads in Israel in the 1940s, end of 40s, early 50s. Gvura meant something else. And so they decided to create the Yom HaShoah. That was, um, actually came later. The Yom HaShoah was declared in 59. That was when the final declaration or law passed when we come back after this next song we'll tell you a little bit about the siren where's that from that moment of silence that sends a chill up everybody's spine that everybody stops everything stops the cars pull over buses pull over everybody gets out everybody stands everybody remembers everybody prays everybody does what they believe is the best way to memorialize. We're going to go to a brand new song, another brand new song, just released within the last few days, part of the Shir Vizikaron project. Our dear friend Yishai Rebo with a beautiful song called Ben Yakirli. Obviously, it's a play on the Sukim from Yirmiyahu, HaBen Yakirli Ephraim. This is in memory of Amir Yukutiel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Lo me rapper, rak ma ke ta ke 
debuting here on the Israel show Ben Yakir Lee in memory of fallen soldier Amir Yakutia my name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Single Network the Israel show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh and as we remember Israeli soldiers the fallen ones and on Yom Atzmud as we celebrate those who are alive and have continually served us by defending the state of Israel, we think about Nefesh Benefesh and how many hundreds and hundreds, maybe by now thousands, of lone soldiers they have encouraged and brought to Israel and helped soldiers that leave their home in the United States and volunteer. They don't have to do the army. They volunteer because they feel it's their obligation as young Jews whether they live in Israel or not. It's amazing. And more and more young men and women are doing this. Nefesh Benefesh is an important part of of what they're doing. Um, on Yom Ma'ot, Yediot Achronot is dedicating um, 
a, a feature in their magazine, in the special holiday magazine, to follow four lone soldiers from different countries, one from Australia, one from Morocco, and one from the United States, in fact, from Teaneck. In fact, someone who uh, is a good friend of uh, the Nachum Siegel Network. They paid for their ticket to go back to the States and surprise their family to show up on their doorstep, accompanied by their journalist and photographer, and uh, it should be amazing. Nefesh Benefesh does an amazing job, and they have made Aliyah, they have revitalized Aliyah, I should say, and made it into something that Jews are proud of and looking forward to, and we are proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. We're talking a little bit about the history, the amazing history of Yom HaShoah, Yom HaZikaron, Yom HaTzmoet, mainly Yom HaZikaron. How originally there was a Yom HaZikaron for the hundreds of Jews that were killed by the Arab riots before the State of Israel was formed in the late 1930s. As the Arabs were rioting throughout Israel, killing Jews. And when it was over, the Yeshuv pronounced a day of memorial, of memory, of commemoration on Dalid Iyar. And 11 years later, by chance, I guess, when they couldn't come up with any other date to have a memorial day for fallen soldiers, the government of Israel decided, you know what, we'll do it the day before Yom Atzmoet. Because up until then, it was, it was on Yom Atzmoet. And it ended up being the same Dalit ER. Is that not amazing? One of the things, and, and, and Yom, Yom Azikaron today in Israel, Yom Atzmoet, but more so Yom Azikaron has very, very specific Minhagim, we'll call them that, customs, certain things that repeat themselves year after year. The, the flags are flown at half-mast, the ceremony at the uh, military cemeteries, the, they put a, a little flag on every single grave of every single fallen soldier or victim of terror. A little Israeli flag is put there by younger soldiers, and they're remembered, they're remembered of course, by their families. And then there is a moment of silence, as there is on Yom HaShoah. There is a moment of silence. And the air raid sirens pierce the sky, pierce the ears, pierce the memory. Sometimes when I hear the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, I get the chills as it reminds me of the siren, which always gives me the chills. And everybody gets out and stands. I, I, can't, I, I don't understand why this isn't done in America. Although the way America is going, I do understand. But really, this is something so amazing, so powerful. And during that moment, you can daven, you can say Tehillim, you can do whatever you want. If you're not religious, you're probably thinking about the sacrifice of the soldiers. and Everybody does whatever they want. It's a moment of silence. So where does it originate? So according to some, it originated in South Africa, in Cape Town, after World War I. So many people were killed in war, World War I, and 
in, in Cape Town, they had a daily ritual at noon, nothing to do with fallen soldiers or anything, at noon, in order to give the ships that were passing by a, a marker for the time to adjust their clocks, they would fire a cannon at noon every day. And it was very loud, and everybody heard it, and they could adjust their, their clocks. And so the mayor of Cape Town, Sir Harry Hands, decided in 1918 that that would be a sign for everybody to observe, not a moment of silence, but actually three moments of silence. It would start at noon when you heard the cannons go off, and then the first minute was a time of thanksgiving for those who had returned alive. The second minute was to remember the fallen. And during the silence, the bugler played appropriate music and then reveille to signal the end of the silence. And as uh, different reporters found out about it or saw it, they, they wrote about it. And, and so this custom, this, this idea spread to Australia, to Canada, to London, to England, that is. And they would do this in, in various different ways, a minute, two minutes. What's interesting is, I mean, it's interesting, first of all, that this is when it started, 1918, as a result of uh, World War One. But what's interesting is, when was the first time that they uh, had this? What was the first day? And uh, it is rather fascinating, but the first day that this took place was on the 14th of May, 1918. And those of you, uh, again, I don't know what this means because it's, uh, it bases itself not on the Jewish calendar, but on the 14th of May, 1948, the State of Israel was declared. <laughs> so you have this Daladiyar comes again around and around, 14th of May comes around and around. Don't know if it has any meaning whatsoever, but it is interesting, and I found it fascinating. I hope you did as well. And if you like this stuff, if you want to hear more about Israel, you want to hear more about the history and more about the excitement that is the state of Israel, please join us on Yom Ha'atzmaut, which this year is being celebrated on Thursday, Dalit Yar. Join us on Jamin the AM, as every year Nahum is very gracious, allows me to co-host the show with him and we bring you a lot of great Israeli spirit try to bring a little bit of Yom Ma'ot into your day even though you're not in Israel for those of you who aren't here's another song, a memorial song it's called Kanfei Ruach and it was written in memory of uh, both the three young men who were kidnapped and the eight boys from Yeshivat Merkaz years before that who were killed on, uh, I think it was Rosh Chodesh Adar. This is Bini Landau and the students of the Shivalitzi Irim at Merkaz Harav, and the name of the song is Kanfei Ruach, words based on the writings of Rav Avram Yitzchak HaKohen Cook. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Kobe Aflalo, <clears throat> brand new music off of the Shir Vizikaron, Tavshin Ayin Vav. That was in memory of Alexander Leblovich. I believe that he was killed during the last year by um, Arabs who were thrown. I might be wrong. You know what? I don't want to say. I'll look it up later. We'll figure it out. It's called Lerotbim Komchan. The words speak about how all the different things that the person, the fallen soldier, the fallen, the fallen Israeli 
is going to miss. He won't see this and he won't see that. And person singing says, but I promise that I will see it all for you. I will see it in your place. Uh, we're going to round out this uh, special music mix of Yom HaZikaron and discussions with uh, a Joe Amar song. We'll tell you all about it. Nathan Elbaz was killed on the 11th of February, 1954. Many of you know the story of Roe Klein. I've, I've, I've told it many, many times, both on JM and the AM and here, who had to make a decision, fell on the grenade, and saved many others in doing so. There are two other stories in the history of Israel of this happening, and one was Natan Elbaz in 1954. It wasn't during battle. It was actually during a um, work that they were doing on on uh, grenades. And as they were working, he realized that the pin of one of the grenades fell out, and everybody would be blown up within a matter of seconds. And so he grabbed the grenade, held it close to his chest, and ran as far as possible away from where the other soldiers were, killing himself but saving many others. He had made Aliyah as a young person. He was killed at the age of 21. He made Aliyah as a teenager. He left his family in Morocco and came to Israel on his own and then joined the army. Nathan Alterman wrote a uh, a song, a poem in his memory, as did uh, Dan Almagor. We're going to play for you the Dan Almagor song that was later recorded by uh, Joe Amar. And I've heard the song many times, but never realized what it was about, and that it was in memory of a fallen soldier by the name of Natan Elbaz. The name of the song is Natan. That's what we're going to close out with. Not before we thank you all, if we can find the papers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then a Monday music mix for Rosh Chodesh E.R., uh, I'll be joining Nachum as we do each and every year on Yom Ma'ut this coming Thursday. Stay tuned for that. Please tune in, I should say, for that. And I'm sure it'll be yet another wonderful Yom Ma'ut special. And then next Monday, we're back here following Jame in the AM. Till then, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no, they're just running in a different race. <laughs>
Thank you. 